You're tuned in to Atlanta Fringe Audio, the podcasting network of the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Want to win a couple of free tickets to the Atlanta Fringe Festival June 5th through 11th? Enjoy Fringe Audio and fill out the Fringe Audio crossword puzzle. It's that easy. 10 winners will be selected. Check out the description box for all the details or visit atlantafringe.org fringe dash audio. Now for the show. It's for general audiences. It may contain mild language, but has no overt violent or sexual content. Mmm. Best apple crumble cheesecake I've ever tasted, Jane. <laughs> oh, really, Doc? I wish my wife could be here to try it. Hey, it doesn't look like as if our guest is appreciating it much, though. Goodness, dear. Is my cooking that bad? Your head is practically in your plate. I guess he's fallen asleep, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Pally. Hey, buddy. Sit up. Hey, wake up. I'd better shake him. Amigo. Pally. Good lord, he's dead. Is he dead dead? Like, really dead? Is he dead dead? Like, really dead? I know my cooking leaves a lot to be desired. I didn't think it'd cause my friend to expire, so what are we gonna do? Is he dead dead? He's dead. What do you think you're doing here? I'm your backup. Cleo James? I know you, but I don't need help. What I need is to be taken seriously. Sarge thought I'd be more relatable. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to do a job. If the boys at the sausage party they call a precinct can't handle that, then... Nobody's listening. No answer. You sure you have the right place? Of course I'm sure. Are you in the right place? Just don't scare the poor lady. She's been through enough. Be nice. If I was a man, no one would expect for me to smile to make them feel comfortable. Let me be the badass that I am and just watch me work. This is why Sarge thought I- Young lady, follow my lead. Wanna try it again, boss? Yeah, follow my lead, James. I meant try the door again. I know, we both needed a fresh start. Miss Anderson? Mrs. Anderson, actually. I'm a widow. Police officers. I am Detective Cynthia Richards, and this is my partner, Cleo James. Two female officers? No way. Come on in, ladies. Sit. I'll put some coffee on. That's the only way to do it, Sin. May I call you Sin? I prefer boss, but don't suppose I have a choice. What kind of small talk nonsense are you blabbing about? The coffee grinder. Hear it? You buy the coffee beans, and then you just grind them up as you need coffee. Real fresh. Speaking of fresh, my friend Bobby would use one every day when we were on vacation. You never tasted coffee that fresh. I've never heard you speak of a man like that before. He's just a friend, a pen pal even. I bet he write to you all night. 
I make nothing but the best coffee. Mine tastes so fresh because my beans came directly from Peru this summer. Cleo, did you know Peruvian coffee is great for espresso because it holds up so well during the roasting process and can reach a dark roast? Why wouldn't I know that? I couldn't care less. And they thought I wasn't relatable. I don't touch the stuff. In some parts of the world, coffee was banned due to its unusual stimulating effects. I can't relax without my coffee. Don't waste any of it. I've even grown my own mushrooms at home with the waste coffee grounds. It's a hobby of mine. The properties of mushrooms and coffee are fascinating to me. This is about the burglary, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. A couple of questions we'd like to ask. Go ahead. We've got the report you gave the officers last night. This list of stolen property. Wonder if you'd look at it. See if that's right. Diamond watch. Yeah. It's a fake. Oh, huh. And the mink? Yeah, that's it. It's the mink that is important. Took me three years working to get that. Sure hope you can bring it back. Yes, ma'am. Have you got any idea as to what time the theft might have occurred? Near as I can figure. It must have been about midnight. According to your statement last night, you got home from work about 11.30. Your hostess at the Aura Waterfront restaurant downtown got home, the coat was still there. In your statement, you said, it's about the only thing of real value I own. Is that true? Yeah. Well, according to your statement, there it was, hanging in the closet. You went to have a cup of coffee and pick up the papers before going to bed. You said... Whoever took it must have been waiting outside. He saw me leave, then came in. Why do you say he? You said he must have been waiting. I didn't mean anything special, you know, just a word. Yes, ma'am. Did you see anybody in the vicinity when you left the house? No, not that I can tell about now. The corner's a pretty busy place, detective. Could have been anyone. Jane, wonder if we could see the inside of your kitchen? Yeah, right back here. Was anything else in the apartment disturbed? Not that I could tell. According to the report, seems that they just went into the bedroom and took the coat. Sounds like you had a killer outfit. Mink coat means something special to a lady. A coat means something to a lady. A lady means something in a coat. A coat means something to a lady. to a lady. I can't afford one on my salary. Three years of saving before you could buy it. That's a long time to do without things. A long time. But it's worth it. People look at me different. By people, I mean me. It makes me feel important. The boys down at the precinct don't understand that, but I do. Is the coat insured? I think so. Ma'am, 
I think you will have to check with the salesman. According to the report, it is silver blue. You have it listed as $4,000. Is there any way you can identify the coat? Is there any marks? My initials on the label, J-O, had it done when I got the coat. What's the O for? Well, that's my maiden name, O'Connor. My mother was Peruvian. All right, Mrs. Anderson. There goes the coffee. Can I get each of you a cup? No, thanks, Jane. We want you to know we are going to try to get your coat back. The officers who were here last night, did they get any clues? No, that's why we are here. They didn't have a clue about women's fashion. Must be a beautiful coat. All that saving. For nothing. Better not be for nothing. You're going to get it back, right, officer? Of course, ma'am. Finally, someone understands. Just being heard means a lot. Seriously, thanks for cheering me up, detectives. It doesn't help that I've just been so alone since my husband died. I can relate, ma'am. My man's halfway around the world. I miss the company. All I've got left is a knucklehead brother, Patsy. He's never around, and when he is, he's always up to no good. You've been alone since your husband passed? I did meet a new man when I was traveling in Peru. (laughs) What a fool. (laughs) Why would you say that? We met because he responded to an ad in the paper. What was the gig? I still have the clipping. It's here on the coffee table. Wanted. One male date. Must be willing to travel to Peru, pose as employer's boyfriend for a weekend, and not mind being a wedding crasher. Get out of here. Is that true? You can read the paper yourself. It's from a woman who says she's 30 years old, single, and traveling home to Peru to attend her best friend's wedding. Problem is, she doesn't have a date and wants someone to pretend to be her boyfriend for the weekend. You seem to know an awful lot about the situation. Are you the- No, 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 no. I was just a guest at the wedding. The job involved attending the rehearsal the evening before, and that was when I met him. How he end up getting the job? The woman asks applicants to send a photo of themselves enjoying a place they'd traveled to. She also wants to know their drink of choice, whether they are afraid of mice, and what they would do with only a month to live. That sounds oddly specific. I had a great holiday and really enjoyed getting to know him. Who knows if that will ever work out? You mean if it will work out for the person who put out the ad? Um, well, don't let me bother you with my nonsense. I'd talk your ear off if you give me the chance. In this day and age, I'm just so pleased to see two female detectives. It's new for us as well, to be honest. I've been working as a secretary in the police precinct for two years. When this case came up, the lieutenant thought Sin would know more about women's clothes than other officers. Did you actually hear him say that, or did you infer it? In this day and age, can you think of any other reason you'd be promoted to detective on a provisional basis? They didn't want me looking too closely at the... Good for you. Better for all of us. But is it, though? I'm not getting any more pay, and none of the men on the force want to work with me. That's not true. I want to be here. Cleo normally works the switchboard. I'm happy to be Cynthia's backup now. I don't need backup. Well, I just think it is great to see the two of you doing this. Thanks for sharing a cup of coffee with me. Have a great night, ladies. Hey, Cynthia. Any leads on your case? Reports of similar burglaries have been coming into the office over the past few weeks. In each one, the method was similar enough to let us know that we're dealing with the same thieves. The classification of goods stolen was also the same in all burglaries. Pieces of jewelry, whether whatever money was found, and fur coats. 
The only room prowled was the room where the coats were to be found. Um, none of the valuables in the rest of the house would be touched. I could have read that in a report. I didn't know you could read. Any new leads on your end? We failed to come up with a suspect. The investigation of the crime lab on the scene had produced no tangible evidence. So what are you doing about it? I've gone over the burglary reports time and time again, trying to find something that would tie the thefts together. None of the victims were acquainted with each other. They all lived in different parts of the city. The coats were brought from different retailers. And yet, within a week of the time it was purchased, it would be stolen. Didn't you hear? Another burglary was just reported. No new calls have come across my desk. Sounds like you were more effective working the phones than in the field. Sorry, Sin. I didn't get time to update you on that case yet. Among the stolen articles, five were a mink stole and full-length natural mink coat. What do you think about that, C-Note? Last time you saw a $100 bill, you gambled away your mortgage payments. How, uh, how'd you know about that? It was a rumor, but you just confirmed it's true. Your wife had a right to know your ego's writing checks your bank can't cash. You wouldn't. Let's go, Cleo. Leave the esteemed Officer O'Leary here to catch up on his paperwork. Are you being sarcastic? I can never tell with you. Now, Cleo. According to your report, you've been working at the restaurant for three months and that is where you met the suspect? Yes. I'm a coat check girl in a restaurant out in the country. Good racket. Got the job about three months ago. Doing real well at it. Then, I meet Mike Frazier two months ago. The movie star? You got it. What did he say to you? Old Mike walks in, gives me the big pitch, how he thinks I'm so pretty, all that kind of stuff, you know? You're my lady, you're my girl, give you diamonds, give you pearls, you're everything to me, you're all my heart can see. it on. How he wants to marry me. How he's got a big deal in the works. How as soon as it comes through, him and me are gonna get married. <clears throat> Sounds like he was really laying it on thick. So you thought he was selling some type of insurance? Isn't he in the film industry? <laughs> Tells me. While he's waiting for this deal to gel, he's selling insurance. Old Mike selling insurance, but he's a big time movie guy. Pretty funny, huh? How does he get contacts for his insurance? Well, he tells me the hardest thing about selling insurance is to get the contacts. You know, getting to meet the people who need it. Yeah, I can believe that. And that's where I come in. Old Mike, he doesn't sell insurance on people, not like on their lives. He doesn't sell that kind. Does he sell insurance on clothing? 
Yeah, he's, he sells what they call personal property insurance on things like rings, coats, stuff like that. Well, he tells me if I help him with his contacts, he'll cut me in on the percentage. Sounds simple enough. All I got to do is get the names and addresses. In your statement, you said all I had to do was to tell him when some woman comes in with a new coat, get her name and address, and he'll go see her and make the sale. Did you do it? Sure. How dumb can you get? I gave him the names and addresses. I didn't know there was anything wrong. Can you tell us what names you gave him? Yeah, I got them at home. Every one of them. You can have them. Ma'am, when you'd found out he wasn't an insurance salesman, according to the report, you saw his car with watches, jewelry, a blue mink coat, and other personal effects that did not seem to belong to him. You think he's doing something illegal? Mail order business, perhaps? Last night, 1.22 a.m., I wasn't feeling so good, so I took off from work. Went by his place. Old Mike is just coming in. Got the car parked out by his garage at the hotel he stay at. The back seat is loaded with fur coats and all that other stuff. Watches, jewelry. That's when I knew he was no good. You call him up and order a blue mink coat? You want a platinum watch? Sure, just call Mike and you'll have it. Is he disposing of it here in Cleveland or do you think he's shipping it out of town? Huh. Not old Mike. He's too smart for that. That right? According to your report and your own words, you said Mike gets a hold of some young kid and offers him a trip to the West. That's right. Ship stuff out West. Maybe Seattle, L.A., Denver, or even San Francisco, gives the kid a plane ticket and sends him on the way. Kid's name was Patsy? Patsy O'Connor, I believe. The carrier knows what he's doing? No, Mike just gives him a suitcase and tells him where to deliver it. How'd you find out about the operation setup? Is it true that since you found out, he decided to cut you in? Yeah, but I don't want no part of it. That may be true, but you still may be in a lot of trouble, ma'am. You want to show us where he lives? Sure. Must be in his apartment at the hotel. The landlady will let you in. I want to see him get his. After the way he lied, ain't nothing too bad for him. He don't ever get up before noon. Should be there. I just want to see you get him. Lousiest trick in the world what he did to me. What kind of trick did he pull on you? Looks like he gave you a beautiful coat and tried to cut you in on his operation. All the time, stealing those coats, those beautiful mink, but look at this. All he ever gave me was this cheap knockoff. He's a no-good loser, and I want to see him go down. Before we leave the bar, let me put in a call to the precinct asking if Mike Fraser had a police report. None in our files? Send a teletype to the office in Seattle. How about Minnie? She had no record in Cleveland? Good. Now, can you run the address where she said Mike Fraser lives? Anything come up? You had a complaint today? Thank you very much. We will follow up on that right away.
is Nesket. My name is Detective Cynthia Richards, and this is my partner, Cleo James. Oh, so now I'm your partner. Cleo! Mrs. Nesket? Hello, detectives. Seems Mrs. Nesket's mother got stuck with a bum check, Cleo. Mm-hmm. What was it in certain... Office? She's a landlady out on the west side. Well, not landlady exactly. Only rents a couple rooms. How is she managing? So far, she's managed pretty well by herself. But if she pulls any more fool stunts like this, phony is a $3 bill. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody can take a bad check, Mrs. Nesket. This happened quite some time ago, right? Look at the date. Way last December. Over a month ago. Yeah. She still hasn't done a thing about it. Do you think she didn't want you to know? That's right. Mm-hmm. According to our records, you used to work in a tax office. Do you make out your mother's return? Is that how you found out about this? Yes. Why didn't your mother report this check herself? Do you know? You tell me. The man had an honest face. That's about all I can get out of her. How'd she happen to take it? Was supposed to be for his first month rent? Yes. How did you know? Well... Then she's not out of any cash. Sure, she's out cash. Twenty dollars. That's what she's out. He made the check for seventy. A month's rent's only fifty. Yes, ma'am. Do you think your mother knew him? The fellow who gave it to her. Mother says she remembered his name from the movies? That's how she happened to take the check. I don't see why she'd trust an actor any more than she would somebody else. I didn't trust that no-good loser. May I see that, please? Mike Frazier. We've seen his name around town. Have you seen his work, Cynthia? He was in pictures a while back, but I never cared much for him, though. If it's the same guy, the parts he played. What do you mean? He was always over the top. You either hate to love him or love to hate him. We ran the name Mike Frazier through the system, and we turned up one page listing a drunk arrest in 1935. We called the Screen Actors Guild to see if they could help locate him. 4.30 p.m. We drove out to the address Mrs. Nesket gave us. It was a two-story Parisian-style villa with a rooms for rent sign in the front. Mrs. Kripp? Yes? This is Cleo James, and my name's Detective Cynthia Richards. Police officers? (laughs) That's right, ma'am. Anita? Beg your pardon? My daughter, Anita, she sent you. I told her not to. She never does anything I tell her. Never has. (laughs) I won't press any charges. Well, that's up to you. We can't force you to press charges. Suppose you tell us about the check. There isn't much to tell. When'd you take it? Last month, sometimes a a week or so before Christmas. Well, now, ma'am, how did he happen to come to rent a room? He saw the sign out in front, in the window. He was out this way visiting friends. I think I heard him mention their names were, um, Patty, Patsy, Patsy and Agatti. Did he mention the name of the hotel he stayed into? No, I I don't think so. You said he saw the sign. He agreed to take the room, did he? Straight off the bat. Said he used to live in a house something like this when he and his wife lived in Cleveland years ago. 
when his wife was alive. <laughs> sort of reminded him of better times. <laughs> well, this is how he put it. very touching. He gave you this check for the first month's rent? Yes. Anita already told us. He made it out for $20 extra. Why was that? Well, he he needed some cash to hire a cab and move his things out here. And you gave him the cash? Hmm? $20. I could not turn him down. Why not? Your daughter said you thought he just seemed honest. Did you ask for any identification? There wasn't any reason I I recognized his name. And you never heard from him again? I told you before, I won't press charges. You don't understand. He didn't mean any harm. You sure about that, Mrs. Crimp? He didn't hustle me. He gave me what I wanted. What... I needed. Ma'am, I don't mean to pry. No one really listens to the elderly folks like me anymore. He was a young guy, but from the old school. And I appreciate that, even if he did take me for a ride. He was a gentleman, an educated man. He whispered sweet. Yes, um, we know his type, a silver tongue. And what he could do with his... Madam! An actor like him probably pulled down a fancy salary, never had any worries. Now it's all gone, all his money, everything. A fine specimen of a man. Mm-mm-mm. He did seem preoccupied with if we had mice. If he'd never been rich, it wouldn't be so hard. You don't miss something you never had. That's when they start to slip and lose their way. of your wealth is how much you
If you're finished with me, I'd like to get on with my stories on TV. Mind if we use your phone? It's in the hall. I'll show you. Miss Breckhart, please. I'll wait, if you don't mind. Thank you. Hello, Miss Breckhart. This is Detective Cynthia Richards. I spoke to you a little while ago about Mike Frazier. Yeah, that's right. You asked me to call back. Uh-huh. When was that? Oh, I see. You know, we didn't yes, mean any offense, does. Mrs. Crane. Oh, I you suppose you it's your job. Right. Goodbye. You ready, Sin? We'd like you to come with us to look at some mugshots, Mrs. Crimp, some photographs. <laughs> Why, that's downright silly. He's in the pictures. It wasn't Fraser, ma'am. The fellow who passed that check. What did you find out? Mike Fraser died three years ago. We managed to convince Mrs. Crimp that she'd been taken by a professional swindler. We showed her mugshots of known bad check artists. She couldn't find his picture in our records or give us a very good description of him other than his general build, that he had a nice haircut, and looked like a distinguished gentleman. By the end of the week, two more landladies in the Western Avenue area have reported receiving bad checks from a man who claimed to be Mike Frazier. You think that guy would wise up? Can't go on using a dead man's name. Somebody's gonna catch on. Well, they haven't so far. Sooner or later, it will catch up. The truth will always reveal itself. I've come too far. No way I'll turn back now. On the case while he's on the prowl. Why didn't I see the signs? Oh, those signs that the truth would reveal. Why didn't I see the signs? Oh, those signs that the truth would reveal. Hey, Cynthia, not so long ago, you were a secretary around here. Why don't you fix me a cup of coffee? Oh, Larry, your hand's broken. No. Do you want them to be? No. Then I suggest you get your own damn coffee. Forgery, Richards. Finally, I was transferred to this line when I called the police. How can I help you, sir? I want to report Pizza Shack. Is there something someone in the company did? What's the crime? My pizza didn't have enough cheese. Sir, only make calls to 911 for emergencies. Do you have the number for Joe's plumbing? Sir, what did I just say? I have two growing boys. A backed up toilet is an emergency. Have you ever been around teenage boys? Just to be clear, sir, it is inappropriate to call the police to complain a car was parked too close to yours. Tell police about a coffee shop that refused to give a refill. Reporting someone had used a roommate's toothbrush or complain that your building's noisy air system is keeping you awake. Now that you mention it... Good day, sir. <laughs> Glad to see you're on top of things. Forgery, James. You the ones looking for that scam artist? Yes, ma'am. Could you speak up? I can't hear you. All right. Go ahead, please. It's 2238. Yes, ma'am. I have it. Right away. Well, looks like you had it figured. How come? Somebody did catch on. Woman over there at Wall Street, down by the water. Yeah? Fellow's trying to give her a phony check. Trying? Yeah. He's still there. Leo and I drove out to a side street just west of Edgewater Park. When we pulled up in front of the place, a lady was standing on the porch. She was upset because we just missed him. You see which way he went? Took a bus on the corner. Probably halfway to Cincinnati by now. He had two guys with him. 
Loser-looking types. One short and one tall. Why did they leave in such a rush, do you know? Do you think it got suspicious? Might have heard your phone call? Maybe. I suppose you want a full report? That's my regular procedure, isn't it? I've seen it on my stories. No time for that now. We need to follow that bus. He got on the bus by the corner with two other shady-looking guys. Didn't have to wait more than a minute or so for it. (sighs) One more thing, ma'am. We've got a description, but it's rather vague. All we know is he's rather short, fancy haircut, and fairly well-dressed. Is that right, Daisy? Well, that's about right. It's not very specific. You are the only one who is willing to come forward and identify him. Can you add anything? You know who he is, don't you? Jeff Thompson. Used to play bit parts in pictures. I recognize him the minute he came through the door. day we got a call about two men who got lost exploring last night i hope you know how to get out to the seneca caverns in bellevue cynthia i know all there is to know about this country ever been in the caves cleo once when i was a little girl nearly got my hide tanned off by my mommy the caverns can be a mighty treacherous place you mean it's easy to get lost in it not only that It's the cavern gas car... something. You mean carbon dioxide? Yes, that's it. All of a sudden you ran into some of that stuff, and before you knew it, BAM! You're out. Still tourists go exploring there? More like fools to me. I wouldn't go in them caverns, at least not without a dog. A dog? What for? Well, if a dog kills over, then you know the gas is collecting. I'm afraid, Mr. Gaddy, your friend is dead. Poor Patsy. It wasn't from the gas, was it, Detective? That's what it looks like. Why did you go into that cavern anyway? Patsy asked me to. He had never seen a cave before. How far did you go in? According to your statement, Mr. Gaddy, you didn't seem to go in in very far. But all of a sudden, you lost your way. You tried to trace your way back, but wasn't any use. Patsy started to get scared. You mentioned it was kind of funny to see a big guy like that get scared. Yes, he is rather big, isn't he? According to this incident report, he's 6'4". A giant. Then what happened? All of a sudden, Patsy killed over from the gas, was it? I want to be sure I'm getting your report right. You figure he hit his head on a rock, and that just about finished him off? Suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, mister. According to your statement, you figure that because you're only five foot three, you were able to get out of there alive. The gas must have been a foot over your head. Yeah, and what do you think about that, Detective? I think we better arrest Mr. Gaddy for murder of his friend, Patsy. We have a killer on our hands, Cynthia. This case has just started to get more complicated. I'm not guilty. Said not guilty. Someone did it, just not me. Sorry, copper. I can't help you. Wasn't me. I'm not guilty. Said not guilty. Someone did it. Just not me. Sorry, copper. I can't help you.
my way, but now I see that I want a new start, beginning today. Hands up, Gaddy. Hey, copper, let me put my hands down. They're tired. When you're in jail, not before. I don't get it. It was a good song. I had a good story. How are you going to pin it on me? My mummy used to take dogs into the cavern because... The gas is heavier than the air. It collects on the floor. If you really met gas, you would have killed over first before your pal Patsy. Well, what do you know? You got me. This wasn't my idea. I'm ready to talk. Can I cut a deal? The gaddy fell, sang like a canary. Literally. Read me this statement, Cynthia. I want to hear what that lowlife has to say. I confess to the murder of Patrick Patsy O'Connor. I did so under the order of my boss, Mike Frazier. Patsy did deliveries for Mr. Frazier's organization throughout the West Coast. Now that the deliveries are done, I was ordered to eliminate Patsy. I will testify in court to this in exchange for a reduced sentence. So this case is bigger than just fraud. Mike Frazier, a.k.a. Jeff Thompson, isn't to something heavy if he is hiring hitmen. One thing is strange, though. The deceased had chocolate-covered coffee beans in his pocket. I only noticed because it looks like he tried to feed some to the dog, killing her. At first, I thought it was the gas that killed the dog, but now we know for certain there was no gas. I was going to give you a nasty look, O'Leary, but I see you already have one. I didn't come here to fight, but to make up. I apologized to my wife, and she had no idea what I was talking about. You didn't rat me out, but you helped me make the right decision. Thank you. Just don't let other people know I helped you out. I have a reputation to keep around here as a hard ass. Speaking about hard asses, I just heard about a murder that I think is connected to your case. Didn't you just go to 2238 Ocean View on the west side to follow a lead? Yes, we just questioned Daisy there. What of it? Just came across my desk. The poor old bird and her husband got mixed up in a hit right after you questioned her. I recognized the address. Oh no. I'm sure it's all connected. You're still nothing but trouble, O'Leary, but thanks for the heads up. Just quit busting my balls, okay? I'm the laughing stock of the precinct. I would if you'd grow a pair. I said I wanted to bury the hatchet. Ease up, Sin. He's trying. But only if it's not in public. I don't make the rules around here. That's just how things are done. Now that's how they were done. But I'm not buying that shit. My mother told me you can't be everyone's cup of tea, and she was right. Oh, this is why nobody likes you around. I don't worry about what anyone thinks of me. I just respect myself. I know you're not squeaky clean. They can't call you sin for nothing. That's between me and the skeletons buried underneath this jail, Bobby. Who the hell is Bobby? I could never do that sin. Speak my mind when everyone wants me to fail. I just need a constantly updated list of the names of people in this office who don't like me and 10 valid reasons why they don't. I guarantee that list is more about them and their insecurities than it is about me. Come on, boss. Let's get to work. And thanks for the help, O'Leary. Even if sin won't say it. Well, Martha, one more block, and I'll get to my home with Daisy.
No, you know, it's a humble place. Nicest place I have ever known. Well, Martha... Two whole we'll years, George? We'll get to How could it be? Daisy. You and Daisy? No, you know, married? How could you leave? How'd you leave me known. behind? Well, Martha, I miss the old days. We'll I can't believe Daisy. that they're gone. You left our town. You left me too. You left our town behind. Well, Martha, one more block, and we'll get to my home with Daisy. Darling, it's George. Here's Martha. George, look. What? Where? There. It's, it's Daisy. Dead. George. I'm afraid you and Miss Manning will have to submit to some routine questions. I'll be happy to help in any way I can, Detective. Thank you, Miss Manning. Now, Mr. Brooks, while we're waiting for some information I phoned for, I want you to tell me exactly what happened this morning. There's nothing much to tell. Both my wife and I were quite excited, expecting Martha, that is, Miss Manning here, uh, to visit us from Seattle. I was to wait until she called me at the office. And you were there all morning? Yes, until Miss Manning's plane arrived and we came out here. I had written Daisy to tell her that I would call George at the office as soon as I arrived. The plane was an hour late. Maybe if it had been here earlier, it may have prevented this. Hmm. Well, that remains to be seen. Apparently, Daisy was sitting here in this chair putting red polish on her fingernails when she was shot from behind. The polish has spilled all over the carpet, and she was still holding the tiny brush in her hand. She must have recognized her attacker, and since she did not die instantly, she printed these three initials here on the floor with the polish. D-O-C. D-O-C. Wish I could tell whose initials she was trying to reveal. You're sure you don't know anyone whose name would fit that? Positive. I can't... Oh, oh. Yes, Miss Manning. Can you think of somebody with those initials? Well, I... I... D-O-C spells Doc. And it's Mr. Brooks' nickname. Why, it can't be. Yes, Mr. Brooks? I haven't been called Doc for over two years. It was a nickname I picked up in school while doing my Ph.D., my wife didn't like the name. She said it made people think I was an M.D., so she want me to never use it. No one in Cleveland even knows me by Doc. You gotta believe me, Detective. It's the truth. Hmm. Well, that we'll see. Just a minute. Hello. Yes, Grady. Yes. I see. Well, it's sewed up anyway. Thanks. Well, you both will be happy to know our little murder is solved. Oh, then it wasn't the Doc after all. No, Miss Manning, it wasn't Doc. I'm arresting you, Miss Manning, for the murder of Daisy Brooks. How dare you arrest me? I was still on the plane. Your plane wasn't late, Miss Manning. That phone call just verified the fact. You came out here, murdered Mrs. Brooks, returned to the airport, and called Mr. Brooks to pick you up. That wasn't what really gave you away, though, Miss Manning. Too bad you didn't know Mr. Brooks was no longer called Doc when you printed those letters on the carpet. But of course, there won't be a next time, will there, Miss Manning? Maybe there can be? This wasn't my idea. I had help. See this jacket? It was shipped to me by a guy running an underground clothing ring and more. Let me guess. His name is Mike Frazier? Not even close. It's Jeff Thompson.
I telephoned Ms. Breckard at the SAG. She reported that Thompson was a member in bad standing, two years delinquent in his dues. She had no address listed for him, but she was able to tell us that the last company he had worked for was a small TV outfit. She also told us that his file showed that he was last represented by a Paul Pilcher, an agent with offices on Euclid. I dropped Cleo off at the Santa Monica TV company, and I drove on out to interview Pilcher. I'm a police officer. My name's Richards, Detective Cynthia Richards. Police? What can I do for you? like to talk to you for a minute. All right. Come on inside. Well? You handle an actor named Jeff Thompson, Mr. Pilcher. Thompson? No, no, I don't handle him. You used to be his agent, weren't you? Oh, a couple of years ago. Not anymore. What what did she done? You know where I could find him? You know, I wouldn't have any idea. Don't think he's had any work uh, lately. At least I haven't uh, heard of him working. He's pretty bad as an actor. Sure. Any suggestions on how I might get in touch with the guy? Screen Actors Guild. Well, they sent me here. Oh? What's he done? So far, he has been implicated in fraud and is an accessory to murder. Good God, he really must have come on hard times. He walks close to the edge of hard times and danger truth is He is now a stranger to hard times To hard times Stranger to hard times is not a stranger to hard times. He walks the line, walks the line, walks the line. Hard times, no matter how bad things are going, you can always make them worse. Hard times come when you start to lose hope And believe your life is cursed He is now a stranger to hard times To hard times I was thinking it had something to do with burglary. Thought he was just a small time. Last time I saw him, he touched me for ten bucks. Where was that? I bumped into him on the street. I had no idea he'd gone that far. I suppose I could turn him up. Be a dirty trick, though. I don't know why. Maybe it's my fault that he's in trouble. I didn't get him enough work. Now I hand him over to you. Makes me a heel, doesn't it? Well, you might be doing him a favor. Stop him before he goes too far. Give him a chance to clear his name. He won't think so. You said you didn't know where he lives. Well, I don't. Well, how will you find out? Spread the word around that I get a job for him. He'll hear about it. I see. He'll turn up, leave your number. When Thompson calls me, I'll get in touch with you. I still feel like a heel. You shouldn't. Thompson put his foot in his own mouth this time, serves him right. Plus, he's a bad actor. I left Pilcher's office and picked up Cleo. The TV company had given her a still photo from the last production in which Thompson had appeared. 
Two of the check victims weren't sure if it was the same person, but they thought it was. I think Daisy would have been able to give a positive ID, but she is no longer with us. Closing this case is going to take some serious detective work. 3.32 p.m. Paul Pilcher telephoned the office. He told us Thompson was living at a hotel close to Government Street. When we got there, the desk clerk said Thompson was in his room, 17B. He's a slippery one. How about you go to the front? I'll go around back in case he tries to run. It's my turn to catch one. Good idea, partner. Who is it? Like to talk to you, Thompson. Just a minute. Yeah? I'm a police officer. Would like to ask you some questions. Downtown. What is this, a gag? No, it's no gag. Anybody can get a hold of a badge. Who sent you? Minnie? Smokey? Come on, let's go, Thompson. Knock it off. I've been in too many pictures. I can tell actors from cops. You ever hear of Mike Frazier? Yeah, I've heard of him. Worked with him in pictures. Used to be friends. That give you the right to sign his name? Hmm? On bad checks? Now, look, lady, I know why they sent you. I told Paul I got a call this morning about a job. It'd be just like him to pick a time like this. <laughs> Some practical joker, isn't he? No, it won't work, Thompson. Well, then it must have been Minnie who put you up to this. You can't believe a word she says. I was set up. I'm innocent. There's no way I could be that cruel. I was set up. I'm innocent. There's no way I could be that cruel. Special friend If they were to give me some extra cash Who am I to say no, no, no Can't believe a word minute said This must be some kind of a joke Theatrics, Thompson. This isn't Broadway. Anybody can get a hold of a badge. Who sent you, Minnie? That no good piece of trash. Don't believe a Come word. Come on, let's go, Jeff. Get out of here, copper. You fucking bastard. Was that really necessary, Sin? On your feet, Thompson. This lowlife scum had it coming. Hell hath no fury like the wrath of a woman. Shut your lying mouth, Bobby. No, Cynthia. This is Mike Frazier, a.k.a. Jeff Thompson. A.k.a. Bobby, my lying, no-good gentleman friend. I thought you said nothing was going on between- Grow up, Cleo. I have needs. I hope his little pen doesn't run out of ink in the slammer. You really a pen pal now? <laughs> <laughs> Laugh it up, Chuckles. We met while I was on vacation. It was romantic. Like I said, I'm a friend to the ladies. Watch your mouth, you lowlife. What's this all about, anyway? What do you dames think you're doing breaking in here like this? You mad I didn't call when I got I'm into town, sugar buns? Want to check the closet, Cynthia? 
Yeah, you're right, Cleo. I should. You got no right to come in here and do this. What you looking for? I ain't got nothing to hide. You didn't act that way when I came in. How'd I know you were a real cop? You read all the time in the papers about guys say they're cops and then break in and rob people. That's what I thought you were, a phony cop. I showed you my identification. How'd I know it was real? I'd never been mixed up with the law before. How'd I know if you were really a cop? How about it, Sin? Place is clean. Sure, it's clean. What'd you expect to find? Get dressed. We're taking you downtown. For what? We want to talk to you. Any talking you gotta do, do it here. I'm not going any place with you. You keep believing that, mister. Come on. What are you arresting me for? Suspicion of burglary, fraud, murder. Should I add resisting arrest to that list? You serious? Now look, detectives, I know why they sent you. I told Paul I got a call this morning about a job. <laughs> It'd be just like him to pick a time like this. <laughs> Some practical joker, isn't he? No, it won't work, Jeff. What? Come on, you know who we are, why we're here, let's go. It's one of Paul's gags. Yeah, well a few landladies you swindled say different. And that's just the beginning of the crimes we know you're behind, Mike Frazier. Oh. You wanna get your coat? It was only a few bucks. It was enough. How'd you tumble? One of the landladies knew Frazier was dead. I never figured he was that famous. She knew you, too. Me? That's right. Couldn't have known I was living here. Who told you? Come on, let's go. Pilcher! That's why he wanted to get in touch with me. I should have figured it wasn't about a job. Pilcher, wasn't it? Come on! Some agent. Couldn't land a job if his life depended on it. Five years. Over five years, I was signed with the dirty, rotten bastard. Never had a decent booking. A couple of days here and there, nothing that lasted. Well, don't you worry about it. This one will. Okay! Take me in! Book me! Mark my words, you're gonna be in real trouble, Kappa, because there's one big problem. Yeah? You can't prove it! He's right, Sin. The only one who can ID him as the counterfeit is Daisy, and she's dead. Patsy, the guy who did the deliveries for him across the country, is dead. Jane didn't actually see him steal her mink coat. Minnie's testimony will not stand up in court because it incriminates herself. He's, he is either a criminal mastermind or he is being set up. There is no doubt he's a slippery one, but he's right. I hate to admit it, but we have no choice but to let him go. No, I've... We've worked too hard to let this con artist get away with it. We can't prove what we know he did. He's guilty. Most people feel guilty even if they hadn't done anything wrong because they had a higher expectation for themselves. He admitted to signing those checks. Doesn't mean he's guilty of murder. He has more skeletons in the closet than- You must befriend a few skeletons before you find your deeper self. So now you want to stand up for the man? He's a criminal. A petty crimes, yes, but we can't prove anything more than that. You know it, and he knows it. How can you take yourself seriously if you treat people as badly as you were treated? Why not break the cycle? He's a low life. You never know where his life could lead if you give him a chance. He's a hell of an actor to pull this off. <sighs> you don't need to rub it in. Back to where the story began.
best apple crumble cheesecake I've ever tasted, Jane. Oh, really, Doc? Wish my wife could do as well. <laughs> hey, it doesn't look as if our guest is appreciating it much, though. Goodness, dear, is my cooking that bad? Mike, your head is practically in your plate. I guess he's fallen asleep, everyone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> ah, that's all right. Mike! Mike, sit up! I better shake him. Mike! Mike! Good lord, he's dead! Is he dead dead? Like, really dead? Is he dead dead? Like, really dead? I know my cooking leaves a lot to be desired. I didn't think it'd cause my friend to expire, so what are we gonna do? Is he dead dead? He's dead! Where's the body? In the dining room at the table. We didn't move him. Mm, you might as well be comfortable, everybody. This would take just a little while. My goodness, Cleo, it's him! Hmm, dead all right. Peaceful, too. Mrs. Jane Anderson, you mind telling us what happened? I'm so shocked. I don't know where to begin or what to tell you. Well, I took a statement from Liza, the housekeeper. How about I read that? You let me know if I left anything out. Okay. So you began your meal with soup, is that correct, madam? Soup? What kind? Mushroom soup. He wanted a substitution for the salad. The rest of the meal was a- I can read the menu myself, ma'am. It was the best meal I have ever prepared. Just routine, Mrs. Anderson. Did the deceased eat everything? Yes. According to Liza, he seemed to fall asleep over his coffee. When you tried to wake him, you found he had had a heart attack, correct? Yes. I think that poor fool said something about a weak heart. That will be all for a few minutes, Mrs. Anderson. We want to take a look around. Uh, notice anything about this table, Cleo? No, Sam. Can't say as I do. Neither do I. Let's look in this kitchen. An orderly person, isn't she? Stacked dishes after each course. Yes, and here's the silverware over here. Ah, uh, look. Looks in. One of the soup spoons has turned black. Black? Let me see it. The only spoon that's tarnished, too. Well, I was beginning to think it was a heart attack or a perfect murder, but this silver soup spoon is evidence enough. Ugh. Mrs. Anderson? Yes, Detective Richards? I'm sorry to interrupt your little party, Mrs. Anderson, but I'm sure your guests won't mind. <laughs> I don't understand. You will, Mrs. Anderson, you will. You see, one of the people at this table is under arrest for murder. We may never find out the whole story. We know there's more than one casualty. What? Jane forgot just one thing. To wash the silver spoon. To wash the silver spoon. The silver spoon will never be clean. If I'm on the case, I'll clear this crime scene. Now we know Jane killed Mike Frazier, and why. This is an outrage. Just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's true. Uh, Detective Richards, uh, how do you know it was homicide? Well, Mrs. Anderson took careful pains to wash the soup pans and soup dishes before serving the rest of the meal. Yes? But she forgot one thing. To wash the silver soup spoons. What she didn't realize was that an hour later, by the end of dinner, the spoon Mike Fraser had used to eat his toadstool soup would give her away. She didn't know that poisonous mushrooms make silver turn black. Mrs. Anderson almost committed the perfect murder, but she forgot to wash one spoon. Now we need to look at motive. This is not the first time we met Jane. She was a victim of a burglary that was allegedly done by the deceased, Mike Fraser. A.K.A. Jeff Thompson, A.K.A. Bobby. 
The circumstances around the alleged burglary were suspicious to us, but we didn't have enough to go on. She was not able to identify who took her coat, but she made a huge mistake. She said it was Jeff Thompson who sold her insurance. She didn't know he was going by the name Mike Frazier when he was selling the insurance. I was able to put everything together when I saw Jeff at the dinner table with her and she called him Mike. She would have known Jeff and Mike were the same person, so she would have been in on everything the whole time. George, she also called you Duck. With the passing of your late wife, we learned that the nickname is only known to people who have known you from before you came to Cleveland. The fact you have history is not a crime, but it does make me think that you have history. Plus, look at the case with Mr. Gotti. Some of Jane's rare Brazilian coffee beans were found at a murder scene. Coffee beans are poisonous to dogs. If the dog died from eating them rather than carbon dioxide, the hit on Patty O'Connor sounds more possible. I don't think anyone would expect to do an autopsy on the dog to confirm the cause of death. It would to prove a point. Still, all these clues don't mean she's guilty. What about a motive? I believe the murder of Mike Frazier was not her plan from the beginning. When he put a hit out on her brother Patsy, she acted out of revenge. A crime of passion. I don't think Mike, Jeff, Bobby, realized that the two of them were related. Anderson was her married name, but O'Connor was her maiden name. By killing Patsy, he made things personal, ultimately leading to his downfall. Now we know Jane killed Mike Frazier, and why. like to thank our Atlanta Fringe audio sponsor, Could Be Pretty Cool, a production company whose mission is to inspire community building through the arts. You can binge all of our audio shows at atlantafringe.org slash fringe dash audio or wherever you enjoy your podcasts.